0: Fun bon Beanie, everybody, welcome to another episode of Fantastic Cruising. I am Matt.
1: And I'm Kimbra.
0: And tonight we have a really special episode. We did a sea turtle special episode about a month ago. Oh, no, it was, was it a month ago? It was more than that. Uh,
1: I think ago. it was about two months ago. Two months
0: ago. Anyway, we did it, and it, it got a lot of uh, positive feedback. So we said, hey, we're going to do another all-cruise-creature episode, and this time we chose sharks.
1: Sharks. Yes. Absolutely. Do,
0: do. Yes, those are the do, ones. Do,
1: do, do, do. So
0: uh, so sit back and relax. If you're listening in to the podcast, just know that we do have a little bit of um, graphic stuff that's going to come on if you want to go over to YouTube and check it out afterwards. But we are going to make this to the where you don't have to look at that because we know we have a lot of audio listeners. Um, and audio listeners, that's kind of a – like, duh, audio listeners. But anyway, um, <laughs> with the way it's going to start, too, is we're going to have 13 questions, which you can answer. We're not going to give you the answers. And uh, then at the end, hopefully I'll or Kimbra will have covered all those questions and you can try again and see how much you improve. Maybe you got them all right the first time. Maybe you got none right the first time. Maybe you did somewhere in between and uh, it'll be fun. So
1: I'm going yeah. to do this again. Do 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 do. Do, 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 yes. Do, do, do. Ah! Do, you, do you know what this
0: is, Kimber? It's, a, it's She's, a shark. It's a shark. So Kimber is holding up the shark, <laughs> which is a drink vessel from Carnival. So you can get the, you know, the, um, oh my gosh, it's been so long since we cruise. I can't remember what it's called. The what? big red, white, and blue stack thing.
1: The whale tail? The
0: whale tail. Yeah, you can get the whale tail. You can also get like a tiki head or you can get the shark. So we have the shark. I had a blue right fish. Yeah, there's like a there's a, there's actually I think there's a like a
1: porcupine fish. Yeah. And
0: then there's also I think a parrot fish one that you can I get. I used to
1: have that one. I don't have it anymore.
0: So anyway, yeah. So we're so we're talking sharks. We don't have any emails or anything this week. So we're gonna get right into it, right? With the sharks.
1: Yes. Are you ready to start the stuff?
0: I'm ready. All
1: right. And, and I already
0: warned the people that were here early on the video portion that um You're going to get a little bit of teacher math tonight. So probably you might learn something new about sharks. Okay. That's all I'm saying. I learned stuff about sharks making this or preparing for this episode. So here we go, sharks. Uh, So first of all, we got to start off with the the basics, right? So in other words, what? Oh, no, we're going to start off with a quiz. That's how well prepared I am. So here's your first question. The first question is, What is the second largest shark in the world? Now, don't worry. We're going to give you multiple choice options here. Is it A, the great white shark? Is it B, the colossal shark? Is it C, the basking shark? Or is it D, the whale shark? If you want, you can write down your answers and check them at the end when we do these again. I'm going to let you read question number two.
1: Okay. Approximately, how many sharks are killed by humans each year? Oh, is it A, 10,000? B, 100,000? C, 1 million? Or D, 100 million?
0: 100 million? That's crazy. All right. What are baby sharks called? Are they called pups? Are they called
1: doo 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 doos? <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. Are they called Fry or are they called Kits? Those are your choices. Those are your options. Question number, I don't know. (laughs) I should have numbered them.
1: Sharks are most closely related to which animal?
0: And we're not talking about their cousins, uncles, brothers, nephew. We're talking about like, you know, groups of animals, how they're classified. Is it
1: the killer whale or is it the Komodo dragon or is it? The southern stingray.
0: You got to say, is it the southern stingray? You gotta, oh, you want,
1: you want I, don't,
0: I don't know the Komodo accent. But, or
1: no. is it? The red-bellied piranha. 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 You know,
0: that's the proper way to say it. Piranha. Piranha. You got to roll the R. Piranha. Piranha. And then the it's the nya. Nya.
1: Nya.
0: Nya. It's much more interesting that way, too. Yes. What are bull sharks able to do that most other sharks cannot? Is it a digest human flesh? Is it B, survive in fresh water? Is it C, regenerate their teeth? Or is it D, breathe air? Hmm. Hmm.
1: Approximately how many species of sharks exist today? Is it 175, 350, 500, or 625?
0: Those are very specific numbers.
1: Not super I mean, it does specific to say
0: approximately, yeah, yeah. All right, this organ helps sharks maintain neutral buoyancy, which means uh, they kind of hover, they don't float, they don't sink. Is it a the liver, b their swim bladder, c water wings, or d lungs?
1: Hmm. Which sense allows sharks to detect things the furthest way?
0: It's not their sense of humor. There's my clue.
1: Is it A? Vision. B? Taste. C? Smell. Or D? Hearing. What? Hearing. What? Hearing.
0: Sharks use this unique sensory organ to detect electrical fields. Is it A? The lateral line. B? The lampule of Lorenzini, C the Boricelli of Marichi, or D a stud finder.
1: Which of these sharks are you the least likely to find in the Caribbean? Is it A the nurse shark, B the whale shark, C the great white shark, or D the hammerhead shark? Stop. Hammer time.
0: Doo doo doo. doo. <laughs> what is the purpose of countershading? Is it A, artistic expression? B, impressing a mate. Check out my canny I Is it C, camouflage or is it D, warning colors?
1: Warning. How can you tell if a shark is a male or a female? Is it A, males have balls? Sorry, Mom. B, males have claspers.
0: Oh.
1: C, females have longer eyelashes. Or D, females are smaller. Approximately
0: how many shark attacks have occurred in the Bahamas and Caribbean since 1749? There is a reason that I chose that year. Is it A, 76, B, 267, C, 794, or D, 3,489?
1: Now that's a specific number. Those are very... That said approximately, but those were specific numbers.
0: That's true. That's true. Well, it's approximately these specific numbers. Okay.
1: Okay. What are shark skeletons made of? Is it A, bone? B, they don't have skeletons. C, adamantium. Or D, cartilage. What shark
0: is known to live the longest? Is it A, the whale shark? B, the goblin shark? C, the Greenland shark? Or D, grandpa shark? Do 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 do. do. <laughs> all right, so let's get into it. Let's see if we can answer some of these questions and more as we dive into the world of sharks. So, first of all, we have to figure out what are they? What are sharks? What are sharks? Kimbra?
1: They're fish.
0: They are fish. They are absolutely fish. They are in the class Chondrichthyes and the subclass. Elasmobranchia or branchi, branchi, elasmo. We call them elasmobranchs. What what does that mean? Those are big words, but, but here's what it means. It means they're related to these guys, stingrays and skates. This is a picture of a southern stingray on here. They are related to sawfish. Did you see that fish? I saw that fish. They are related to this thing, which is called a chimera, Or sometimes called a ghost shark.
1: Were you looking at me waiting for me to say it? I was. I was going to, but then you you said it.
0: What is it, Kimbra?
1: It's a chimera. There you go. So these are
0: the things they're related to. All these things have something in common. Sharks and all those other animals have a skeletal structure that is made out of cartilage instead of bone. I think that was one of the trivia questions. Anyway, uh, that makes them different than all the other fish except for at least one other group, which is the jawless fish, which are like lampreys and hagfish and stuff like that. But they're not in that group. Now, sharks have been around the block. And what I'm talking about is sharks date back to at least 400 million years ago. This is a painting I found of the Devonian era. And this is pre dinosaurs This is before your Jurassic Park and your Cretaceous Park and and all your other parks, like we're talking way back. And, and the reason we know that is because we find fossilized shark's teeth. And the reason we find fossilized shark's teeth is because sharks lose their teeth a lot, like all the time. And those teeth are hard, they're not made of bone, but they are hard enough that they are slowly replaced by minerals, which is how fossils form. And then we can look at those minerals, and we can look at where we find them and we can use other dating techniques to not like dating techniques, like, hey, well, how you doing? But like dating techniques to see how old these fossils are from. And so we know that there are shark teeth that date back to the Devonian period, which is pretty crazy. They have also lived in many neighborhoods. They might live in your neighborhood. What I mean by that is basically sharks can be found all around the world. Sharks are found worldwide. They are primarily in the oceans of the world, but there are some exceptions. Bull sharks, for example, here's a bull shark on the screen here. Bull sharks are able to swim up rivers, go into fresh water. There's even a a lake in Nicaragua, which is called Lake Nicaragua,
1: what a clever name. Right,
0: right. Now, Lake Nicaragua is almost completely enclosed. And there are bull sharks that live in Lake Nicaragua. Now, here's here's one of these things that I learned while I was researching this episode. When I was a, a lad and read books about sharks, because we didn't have the internet in those days, Anthony, um, what happened was I read about the Nicaragua shark, which was supposed to be a separate species from the bull shark. It was completely contained in Lake Nicaragua. That's pretty cool, right? Turns out they're just bull sharks. And the thing is, bull sharks have to go into saltwater to reproduce. So the reason that scientists thought they were different species is because they didn't understand how that was possible. And then they started tracking these sharks from Lake Nicaragua, apparently in the 60s and 70s, which is before those books came out. So they didn't keep up with the science very well. But anyway, these sharks were tracked in the lake. And then out of the lake and what they do is they swim up these streams and kind of jump like salmon to get out of lake nicaragua and then they can reproduce in the estuaries and stuff and then go back into the lake hmm. pretty cool right
1: yeah
0: yeah now there is a shark species that can live only in fresh water and that is the one that was actually on the screen before because <laughs> i got these backwards i was
1: gonna say i oh, thought that go back. was wrong
0: this is called, well, they look kind of similar. This is called the Ganges shark. The Ganges shark is in, well, it's in the Ganges River in India. And so they are- Wow, com-
1: these are really clever names.
0: Scientists can be very creative sometimes. And other times it's, it's, it is weird. But the, the Ganges shark uh, can be found completely in freshwater habitats. The bull shark, which is what is here, is the one that goes in and out. So if you're listening, none of that matters that I messed up. But if you're watching- I apologize. All right. Now, how low do they go?
1: All the way. Oh. All, all the way low?
0: Okay. Yeah. Like that? Yeah. Okay. They go deep. They, this is not getting better. They go... Up to 5,000 feet deep. Sharks can live in very, very deep water. Now, not every species does that. Some species live in um, various depths. Some species live in the depths. Some species live in very shallow water, like this cute little lemon shark, which is in a, a very shallow mangrove swamp right here. This is probably a foot and a half, two feet of water that you see this shark in. Now, this is a juvenile, but nurseries for sharks are for certain species like bull sharks, lemon sharks, they will they will raise their babies, which are called pups, by the way. So the song should go, puppy, shark, doo do 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 puppy. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of scientific errors in that song, I'm just saying. Anyway, they rely on these sort of shallow habitats. Uh, Tampa Bay is a great breeding ground for bull sharks, for example. So bull sharks like to have their babies in estuaries, which is kind of a a brackish, fresh saltwater mix. You
1: know, every time you talk about Tampa Bay and bull sharks, I think of the time that we got in the water <laughs> at like, what was it? Like dusk? Yes. Dusk. We, we were out on the boat and we, we got in the water towards the end of like our day and it was dusk. And then after we got out of the water, Matt said, I'm glad we didn't run into any bull sharks. This is the perfect time <laughs> for them. And I'm like, Oh. Okay.
0: Slightly murky water at dusk um in in a bull shark area.
1: We spent like a good solid 5 10 minutes just hanging out in the water. <laughs> Nobody decided to mention this to me until we were out.
0: You survived.
1: I did. But if I didn't, my mother would have been very mad at That's you. That's
0: true. That's true. <laughs> All right. So here's the next question. How many kinds of sharks or how many species of sharks are there in the world? Do you know the answer to this question? I
1: do. Do you want me to answer it? Sure, go ahead. 500. It's about
0: 500. And to give you an example of how science progresses, if you had asked this question, say, 10 years ago, the answer probably would have been, for most people, closer to 400. (laughs) And the reason it's 500 now, it's not because new sharks appeared. It's because we have found new species because sharks live in the depths of the ocean, because sharks are in the middle of the ocean, because sharks are in these all these different places like those Ganges sharks. There's some other species in that genus that are really secretive and shy. So there's probably undiscovered species. Scientists think there are probably undiscovered species of these sharks. Uh, We find new ones. And then the other thing that happens is, this happens in, in science with all animals, is we're starting to put animals into species groups and other groups based on genetics, not just physical characteristics. And as we do that, we learn things like, oh, those definitely are bull sharks in Lake Nicaragua. And what we thought was one shark species is actually two or three. And what we thought were two, maybe one. So we're still learning. Science is a progression. And we're still learning about sharks, which is one of the reasons why... For anybody young out there watching, uh, ichthyology studying sharks is an exciting science to go into because we don't have all the answers. There are going to be changes, and there's going to be new exciting things that are discovered about sharks. And it's just going to build and get faster and faster and snowball as, as we get more scientific understanding of our world. So pretty cool. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Shark Anatomy 101. So, uh, so if we're going to talk about sharks, we need to understand a little bit about sharks. Now, here is a shark drawing with some of the basic things that we're going to go over, which are the fins, the gills, the eyes, the the nostrils, the the ampullae of Lorenzini, the um, and, and and the lateral line. We're going to get into all this stuff a little bit here. So, let's start. By looking at this shark right here. If you're listening, it's just a picture of a shark You're not missing a whole lot, but tune in go on to YouTube and watch it back if you want to see these This right here that appeared in the shark This is the largest organ of the shark and that is the liver and this liver of the shark it's three lobes two bigger ones and one little one is about Depending on the species, it can be up to two thirds the size of the shark and great whites, which is what this is a drawing of. It's not quite that big, but it's huge. And the reason this liver is so big is because sharks are lacking something that almost all other fish have. I know what is it, Kimbra? The swim
1: bladder. That's
0: right. Which means that they never have to go to the bathroom when they get in the water. No, that's not. That's not true. The swim. A swim bladder is actually. Uh, it's a gas-filled organ that fish have that allow them to float or sink, or most of the time, just hover where they need to be. Sharks didn't get one of those. So what do they do? What's a, What's a shark to do? Well, they don't want to have to spend all that time flipping through the water and pushing all that weight around. It's too much energy. So what they have instead is this very, very oil-filled liver. And if you ever dissect a shark, you will find that it is really, 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 really oily. Well, oil, as I'm sure most of you know, is less dense than water. So it floats on water. You can do a simple fun experiment at home. Take a little bit of vegetable oil or something or olive oil, any kind of oil, put it into a little cup, put some water in there. They will stay separate and the water will be on the bottom because it's more dense and sinks and the oil will float. If you want to make it even more interesting, put some food coloring in there. After you do that, it'll go through the oil and into the water. A little fun science experiment for you.
1: That's fun. Have it, you done that?
0: I have done that. Yes. It looks cool too. And, and you basically have kind of uh, disassemble the lava lamp at the That's same time. In, 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 in lava a sense, lamp-y. in a sense, there's a little more to it than that. But okay, so uh, moving on, the gills. Everybody knows that sharks have gills, but how many gills do sharks have?
1: Oh, I know. Well, yeah. Five.
0: Most of them have five.
1: Except. The six guild sharks? There's
0: six guild sharks. The there's seven, guild, there's seven shark? guild sharks. I don't know of any with less than five. There could be some. I mean, there's like 500 species. I don't know them all, but most, the majority of sharks have five gills. Now, sharks use their gills to breathe. And uh, sharks have two ways of doing this. One is if you're like a nurse shark or a cat shark. Um, You have these little openings on the side of your head called spiracles, and these are basically pumps, and they pump the water into the shark's body and over the gills so the shark's gills can pull oxygen out. And that allows the shark to do something that not all sharks can do. A nurse shark can just sit on the bottom and just chill. Most sharks can't do that, or a lot of sharks can't do that because they would drown. A lot of sharks are what we call obligate ram ventilators which is just a fancy term that I like to say because it sounds funny. Oh, look at that shark. It's an obligate ram ventilator or ORV.
1: Which means it has to keep moving.
0: <laughs> has to keep moving. Basically, all it means is that they are obligated to ram water into their ventilator, which in other words means they swim, their mouth open, water goes in, goes over the gills, gills get the oxygen out, they're good to go. That's it. That's all it means. We like to use Big science words to make us sound smarter. Sometimes there's reasons to use them. Sometimes it just makes us sound smarter. I think this is just to make us sound smarter. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right, moving on. The jaws, teeth, and skeleton of the shark are, uh, well, the jaws and the skeleton are made of cartilage. Now, we have cartilage in our bodies, in our nose, in our ears, in our joints, In our rib cage, there's some cartilage there, but sharks don't have any bone in their bodies. They are bone free, but they do have a skeleton. It's just cartilage based. And that is why sharks have that beautiful motion that I cannot replicate with my hand because I have to have bones and joints here. If I was a shark, I could just bend it like like Harry Potter when he broke his arm.
1: He didn't break his, well, he did break his arm. And then Lockhart took away all of his bones.
0: Oh right, he didn't have bones, but it, but he made them really flexible and flimsy yes, and he, stuff. Yes, he
1: looked a little squishy. Yeah, yeah.
0: So so this is basically a, a general, generally what a shark skeleton looks like. If you are watching on um, the video here, it's pretty interesting. They have a backbone. They are vertebrates. They're in the chordate, chordata phylum, which we won't get into that much taxonomy tonight. But um, but they do have the rib. Kind of thing which is really their gills For them and then they have the jaw They have this a skull of, of Sorts and that sort of thing Alright we'll edit that out Of the audio podcast <laughs> Maybe our camera will Come back and then who knows but Alright so moving, moving on <laughs> Jaws and skeleton Alright so next up we've Got the skin now shark skin Is made out of these things called dermal denticles, which are basically little teeth. As you can see here, they are they're literally made of the same stuff as teeth. They grow like teeth. If you ever touch a shark and you go from the um, the nose to the back oops, nose to the back, it'll feel smoother because you're you're going on the side that's overlapping. And then if you go the other way, it'll be jagged as you kind of rush up against the teeth that are overlapping there. So another thing that is really cool about sharks is they have something called countershading. Now countershading means that they are, here I can show you with this shark here, they are dark on the top, dark on the top, and white underneath. Now a lot of animals have countershading. It's it's a really cool way to camouflage yourself, and I'm going to show you how it works. So if you look here, The shark on the bottom is looking at the underside, the ventral side of the shark. The shark on the top is looking at the dorsal side of the top of the shark. So it's a down view or an up view. Now, what's going to happen is if we look at the shark as if we were an animal swimming above it or flying above it, as this case may be, you can see that that dorsal view helps this animal to blend in really, really well. However, if you switch that.
1: so Sorry, I'm going to. For the people just listening, do you want to describe what that shark looks like besides (laughs) just saying the top
0: shark? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so basically the the top blends in with the dark water below. So the the top of the shark is darker. It's going to camouflage or blend in with the dark water below, which is great. But if the shark was dark on the underside and then you look up at the shark through the light, Um, shining into the water, it's not going to work very well. But if you are watching this, you can see that that does work extraordinarily well for a shark swimming with a light belly and the sun shining through. It just kind of blends in really, really nicely. And a lot of animals have countershading. It's not just sharks, penguins, dolphins, stingrays, alligators. There's so many animals that have countershading. It's good for predators. It's good for prey. It's just a really popular form of camouflage, and I challenge you guys, as you see animals in the wild, as you see them in zoos, as you see them on the internet, on TV, wherever, on cruises, hopefully, uh, look for this countershading thing. It's so common in the animal world. Swimming on. (laughs) Now, let's talk about fins. Fins. Sharks, of course, have the fins on the top, the famous dorsal fin. They also have the uh, the fins on the side, which are the pectoral fins. They have a, usually a second dorsal fin on the top towards the back. They have pelvic fins, which are kind of where our pelvic bone would be on us. And they also have uh, the caudal fin or the tail fin. Now, what you see on the screen, if you're watching this, is a nurse shark tail, if not Just look one up real quick. And what you'll notice is you can tell a lot about sharks by their caudal fin. The nurse shark has a really long top lobe of its caudal fin, but the bottom lobe is short. And that's important because nurse sharks, remember, live near the bottom. And so if they had a big bottom lobe on their tail, it would be a drag, quite literally a drag, (laughs) as it drug through The water. Now they're not the fastest swimmers of the sharks because having that tail shape means that you're not super fat. (laughs) You just bounce. I
1: know. I do that too. I just felt like my camera was like looking up at my nose. (laughs) You know, we spent
0: so much time trying to get the camera raised up and we probably seemed to lower our chairs. (laughs) Just just pointing that out. Okay. Anyway, I
1: just don't feel like it's pointing at my nose. Anymore. Now,
0: now this shark right here, and I think Charlie's on. on I, there. I see that. So, Charlie knows this shark because Charlie and I swam with these. This is a whale shark tail I've got on the screen right now. This is a big, powerful tail. Now, this tail is not made for speed because the whale shark is huge and they're not going to be able to go super, super fast. This tail is made for power and endurance because sh- these whale sharks are swimming all the time. They're obligate ram ventilators. See? And they uh, and they have to swim all the time, not only to breathe, but also because that's how they get their food. Is they're they're eating plankton, which is wow. small, so they've got to constantly be almost constantly be eating.
1: I just realized he said Provel City. Yes, I understand. It's in St. It. Louis. Yeah, well, I wasn't. I didn't totally understand <laughs> that. I was like, "What's Proville City?" And then
0: Pro- 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 Provel City, Provel <laughs> City. Now, the next tail that I'm going to talk about here is the mako shark. And the reason I chose the mako shark is because this is the fastest shark that there is, at least the fastest that we know of right now. Mako sharks are open water sharks. They're relatively small compared to something like a whale shark, and they have a pretty evenly spaced top and bottom caudal lobe on their tail fin and really strong muscles on their peduncle. There's another word I like to say. I know. The peduncle, which is that muscle that's right in front of the tail. So they're super fast. And in fact, they've been clocked at about 30 miles per hour, which is pretty fast for a swim. So that's a, they're not the fastest thing. Sailfish are faster swimmers. Sailfish can go about 65, maybe 70 miles per hour. So they're faster, but 30 miles per hour is pretty quick when you're swimming through the ocean. All right, now we're getting into the birds and the bees of sharks, and the question is, how do sharks make babies? Do 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 do, do baby shark. So I, I'm sorry.
1: We've ta- we've done that way too much for
0: this. <laughs> so sharks can have live birth, which is called viviparous. Sharks can have uh, lay eggs, which is oviparous. Sharks can have internal eggs that appear to be live birth, but they're technically eggs that develop inside the shark. They don't have a shell like, well, like a casing like shark eggs do. And that's called ovoviviparous. And some of them don't even need a dad. There's no daddy shark in some cases. They are sometimes parthenogenic. Or parthenogenesis is when an animal can reproduce without a male. That's right, ladies. You don't need the men. If you're a parthenogenic species, you could just have – the drawback is they are going to be clones of you, 100% clone of you. But there are lizards that do this. There are sharks that do this. There are snakes that do this. There are a lot of animals that uh, do parthenogenesis. I think
1: clones of me would be great.
0: Right? Could they, like, work part of my shift and then I would have no, more time on? No, no. Off? I'm
1: just saying, don't you want clones of me?
0: Do you want clones of You'd be jealous of yourself. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, we'll get the baby shark. For those of you listening, yes, I did have a picture of baby shark dancing. Um, now, speaking of babies, how do you know if a shark is a male or a female? Well, it's not by the balls. Okay, that's uh, that was just a joke. Uh, it is, however, by the claspers. So you see on my illustration here, there is a uh, two little things. Let me see if I can get fancy here and uh, pull up a little laser pointer. Look at that.
1: You didn't think you were going to need that. Right?
0: So right here are two finger-like protrusions. And
1: for the people that are just listening, where are you pointing at?
0: Right behind their pelvic fins, in front of their anal fin, which is kind of on the bottom of the shark. But you'll see the two fins back behind the big pectoral fins, which are behind the gills. And then if they've got two finger things hanging out, that's a boy. If they don't, that's a girl. And uh, these, these are their sexual reproductive organs. Yes, they have two. They only use one at a time, and they can choose which one they use, depending on where the lady shark is. But uh, but they have two, and they can't tuck them away or anything, so they're just out there flopping in the water for everybody to see. But stingrays, same thing for stingrays. So next time you're at an aquarium, you see a shark, you can say, hey, that's a boy or that's a girl, and it will be very, very impressed. Claspers.
1: Claspers. <laughs>
0: Also, uh, female sharks are almost always bigger than male sharks. There's probably an exception of the 500 some species of sharks, but almost all the sharks, the females are bigger, sometimes considerably bigger, which is another reason why the baby shark video is inaccurate. Daddy shark would not be the big shark, it'd be mama shark. Just saying. Shark senses. Sense of humor, sense of balance, sense of direction. No. Sharks have actually, they have seven senses. We only get five. Can you name our five senses? Kimber?
1: Can I name our five senses?
0: Yeah, five senses.
1: Um, Eyes. Well. Well, yes. Seeing, smelling, hearing, touching, taste.
0: There you go. That's it. I oh, think that's that, was, that was five. Sharks have all those plus two. So let's find out about these shark senses. We're not going to cover taste because sharks have good taste. We all know that. They don't really depend on that, that much. But vision, most sharks have pretty good vision. Most sharks can see fairly well. Most sharks can see in color. So there you go. The problem is some sharks live in murky water. And so it doesn't matter if you have good vision. If you live in murky water, it's not going to help you out. And there are sharks that can't see very well or at all. So it just depends. They do see in color. And um, sharks, some of them have eyelids, sort of, these nictitating membranes that they can open and close. They use these. They're usually solid color uh, or, like, opaque, so it kind of protects their eyes when they're eating from from prey hurting their eyes because their mouth is right by the eyes. Great whites and some other species actually do the eye roll.
1: The eye roll? I
0: thought you were going to roll your eyes at Oh, <laughs> but they, it doesn't mean the same thing when a shark rolls, rolls its eyes. No, hearing, hearing is actually interesting for sharks because they pick up low frequency sounds. So they're they're not going to hear high pitch sounds. So if you want to tell a secret to a shark, just talk really high, like you know.
1: that shark's got a really funny dorsal fin,
0: and then it probably won't hear you. But if well, that's not
1: telling a secret to a shark. That's talking about a shark behind Ta- its back. Right,
0: right. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Which you probably should. It's not very nice to do that. But if you want to, that's that's how you can maybe get away with it. I wouldn't test it out. But here's the thing. Low frequency sounds travel really, really well through water. And so uh, sharks can hear things like 800 feet away, which is pretty impressive. It's actually their furthest sense that they have. They can hear farther away. They. It's usually the first thing that they Detect on like prey or whatever they're detecting. It's usually the sound before they see it, before they smell it, before they taste it, before they feel it. Any of that stuff. It's sound, so that's that's different because smell is something that you maybe have heard things about. So the shark's sense of smell is pretty good. They have these we call them nostrils or nares, and usually nares. I usually hear it referred to as nares because they don't connect to their Breathing—it's just little pits of sensory organs. And scientists used to say sharks had exceptional senses of smell because they have big nares. See, that's something you might want to say behind their back. And that they uh, and that and that they have so many sensory organs in there—they can smell really well. Turns out that science has been done to test this instead of just assuming it. And their sense of smell is about the same as other fish. And that's not to say it's bad. But those whole things about, you know, an olympic size pool, um, probably not. More like a teaspoon in a backyard pool. That's about what they can smell. Now, that's really good because I couldn't smell a teaspoon full of stuff in a backyard swimming pool, but, uh, but it's not the first thing they use. So we're still, jury's still out on that a little bit on how good their sense of smell is. It is very good, but maybe not exceptional compared to other fish. And then we have the lateral line. Lateral line is this line that runs on the upper portion of the side of the shark, goes from the tail all the way up towards the head. You can kind of see it if you're looking at this drawing. It's that line that runs below the dorsal fin there. But even on real sharks, You can usually see this, and all fish pretty much, there's probably exceptions, but all fish that I know of have a lateral line. And what they are is little pores, and these pores let water pass through them, and they pick up vibrations and pressure changes. And so it tells sharks like um, where other fish are in relation to them. When you see that school of fish and they're suddenly changing direction at the same time, it's because they're using their lateral line. They may be using vision as well, but the lateral line is one of the keys to that.
1: Can you close that?
0: Yes. There's a little window. With your finger. On.
1: Oh yeah, that's right.
0: That's the iPad. Uh, <laughs> and then they all. It also helps them um, just kind of figure out, you know, like where they're where they're heading in general. It may help them with understanding currents and things like that, so they can help them with navigation. But my favorite sense of the shark is their empule of Lorenzini. And the ampullae of Lorenzini are up in the nose of the shark, which, by the way, I don't think we talked about when we said hearing. Sharks do have ears. They do. I I had to pull Kimbra into the um, aquarium today to look at our sand tiger sharks so she could see the ears. They have little pinholes. They're called pineal pores or something like that. It's funny. I've
1: spent so much time in that area, and I've never noticed Shark ears. Shark ears. They are
0: not. They don't stick out. They wouldn't do well with glasses, but they do have ears. Next time you see a shark, look for them. It's easier to see on some species than others. Sand tiger sharks, it's real obvious on them. Anyway, the ampullae of Lorenzini, what are these? They're jelly-filled pores in the nose of the shark. And what they do is they pick up um, electrical fields. This is cool. They can pick up very low-frequency electrical fields. Now, why would they want to do that? Because... Sharks have had satellite and cable for a lot longer than we have.
1: That's good. So they can watch all the shows that they really like.
0: Yeah. And they can see how wrong Discovery Channel tends to be with their documentaries. No, they love Shark Week, though. (laughs) Yeah, they do. Uh, Anyway, actually, here's what these electrical fields do. Whenever a muscle moves, whether it's a heartbeat or a fin or a finger, uh, it puts off a small electrical field and sharks can detect this. So think about a big hammerhead shark. They've got ampullae of Lorenzini all through the hammer. So they are looking for flounders or looking for stingrays. They can't see them. They can't smell them. They can find them by their heart beating under the sand, and then they can have lunch. But they also do more. And this is a newer thing that we're figuring out with sea turtles as well as sharks. With sharks, use the ampullae of Lorenzini, we think, to detect the Earth's geomagnetic fields. And this is cool because... Uh, The geomagnetic fields are one of the things that control things like currents and stuff like that in the ocean. So when you hear about great white sharks migrating and you're like, they don't have a map. Everything looks the same. How do they know where they're going? This is probably how they know where they're going is by using the – they basically they're, they're swimming GPS systems, which is awesome.
1: That's cool. Sea
0: turtles have magnetite mineral in their head. They're like swimming magnets So crazy right All right, now Sharks of the Caribbean and the Bahamas Or Caribbean and the Bahamas What are you likely to see Here's what you're likely to see Nurse sharks I see more nurse sharks than any other sharks I've seen in the Bahamas However some of the research I did says that They're not the most common sharks seen in the Bahamas That's going to be the next one This picture by the way is one that I took Of a nurse shark in Grand Turk Pretty cool Can't see the ears because it's head on, but you can see all the little speckles, which is really cool about that. This is a Caribbean reef shark. And this is, according to some articles that I found, the most common shark to see in the Caribbean. Now, we have seen them in the Keys. Yes. But I've seen nurse sharks several times. I've only seen one Caribbean reef shark. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just unlucky that
1: way. Yeah. I mean, in our keys trip, what we saw, well, we saw one, maybe two, and then actually on another dive, I saw one in the distance.
0: Oh, the Caribbean reef sharks. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then we saw two nurse sharks on those dives.
0: That's true. So we so, did. We maybe saw more Caribbean yeah. reef sharks.
1: Yeah. yeah. I uh, love these
0: sharks. They're one of my favorite sharks. I love the eyes on these sharks. If you're not watching the video, look up a picture of these sharks to see the beautiful, like they're just kind of glass looking eyes, just really pretty eyes. Some sharks, by the way, have pupils like a cat and some have more open round pupils. Some of them have that uh, reflective cells in the back. Depends on when they're more active. A lot of sharks are active at night, but there are some that are diurnal or active during the day. Now here's another shark that you're fairly likely to run into in the Caribbean. Not as nearly as likely as the other two, but this is the great hammerhead shark, and this photograph is from Bimini. And we were very disappointed to find out that when we are scheduled to go to Bimini on Virgin, it's before they offer hammerhead shark dive. So we're one have
1: day before
0: one,
1: one day. day.
0: So that means we're going to have to take a trip to Bimini so we can do this because we both this is high on our bucket list. Charlie, come with us. Go to Bimini. Yes, we'll, we'll do a shark dive. With uh, hammerhead sharks, super cool, super cool. So it's possible you could see one of those. Um, and lemon sharks, which also is a very common shark in Bimini, and also if you if you do like shark dives here in Florida off of Jupiter on the east coast, lemon sharks are one of the common sharks that people tend to see. There are also they also see tiger sharks and bull sharks and and silky sharks and things like that. But lemon sharks are one of the most common ones. That people run into. This is a picture of a lemon shark if you're watching right there. And then of course, um, if you are in the Tampa Bay area, this is a shark I see in the Tampa Bay area, which is a bonnethead shark. Looks like a hammerhead, but they max out at usually about four feet. They can get bigger, but four feet is an average size. Um, And they're related to hammerheads. I see them in grass flats and stuff around here. Uh, Not super common, but I've seen them probably 10, 12 times in the Tampa Bay area. It's possible you could see these if you're in a grass flat area in the Caribbean or Bahamas.
1: I think they should call them shovel heads.
0: Shovel head shark?
1: I think they look more like there, shovels. There
0: might be a species called the shovel head. I don't know. Yeah. They're shovel head lobsters, but yeah, bonnet head is probably not as good. People see these at the aquarium all the time. This is not, I did not take this photograph, but, um, and they think that they're baby hammerheads.
1: All the time. They're
0: not. They're not baby hammerheads. <laughs> uh, this is a black tip shark, not to be confused with a black tip reef shark, which is not anywhere near the Caribbean. They're only in like the Pacific and stuff. Black tip sharks are, um, this one is gravid. This is a gravid female, but they're super fast sharks. They do this weird behavior where they jump out of the water spinning. There's also a spinner shark that does this. And they do that to go through a school and like catch fish on the way up. But they, of course, have the black tip on their dorsal fin and some of their other fins. And this is a shark. I've also seen scuba diving in Tampa Bay, not in the bay itself, but in the Tampa Bay area.
1: It was scuba diving or you were I scuba was scuba
0: diving. diving. they It was a whole like school of them. They were up at the surface. I was with kids, right? We were doing a scuba class, and I was helping out. And the, the dive instructor, he was like – he called me over. We were up at the surface, and he was like uh, – he like, hey, Matt, don't say anything because I don't want the kids to freak out, but look over there. And there was a, literally like probably four or five black tip sharks. They were small. They were like five, six feet, maybe, probably three, four feet. And they were up at the surface just like feeding on, on schools of fish. And uh, once the kids got out of the water, then we pointed them out so they could see them. We didn't want anybody to panic or anything. It was pretty cool. So you might see those. If you come to Tampa Bay in the wintertime when it's not a global pandemic – and the Manatee Viewing Center is open. There's a good chance that you will see spinner sharks and blacktip sharks jumping up at the Manatee Viewing Center. And that's free. So really cool resource there. Uh, this is a bull shark. And you are not that likely to see one of these in the Caribbean. But they are there unless you go someplace looking for bull sharks. Uh, you're probably not going to find them. But they definitely do live in the Bahamas, in the Caribbean, and, of course, in Florida. Tiger sharks are also fairly common, but you're not likely to see them unless you're really going on a a dive that's targeted to find them. They're not commonly seen by divers, but they are there. If you're on a shark dive, then your odds go up quite a bit. These, I think, are beautiful sharks. I love tiger sharks. Not to be confused with the sand tigers we have at the aquarium.
1: Which look completely different.
0: Totally different shark. Totally different shark right here. So, yeah. And one that you probably will never see in the Caribbean or Bahamas because they don't stay there all the time and they're not, they're there, but they're not very commonly there are great whites. And the reason they're not commonly there is these sharks don't like warm water. They like cold water. That's why they're up around the Northeast of uh, North America. They're over in the West Coast in the Pacific where it's cold. They're in parts of Australia where it's cold, like Southern Australia and Western Australia. They don't, South Africa, which is cold, like they like they need big things to eat, and they like cold water, so they do travel a long distance, and they are sometimes found off the coast of Florida and throughout the Caribbean, but they're usually just passing through. Is the that's the theory at least. All right. Now speaking of sharks. I didn't want to focus tonight on shark attacks but I did want to address this. Shark attacks in the Caribbean and the Bahamas. So if you're cruising in the Caribbean and the Bahamas and you're worried about sharks I'm hoping this is going to ease your concerns. If you're interested in shark attacks the Florida Museum which is University of Florida does this website has the international shark attack file. This is a a screen capture of their website. Just look up shark attack file, University of Florida shark attacks. It'll come up and they have statistics on shark attacks. You can look at really cool interactive maps and all kinds of things. I brought up the data for the Bahamas and this is data that's been collected since 1749. Remember that question in the beginning? So uh, you can count these up if you want but these are the total number of unprovoked attacks. and it does specify unprovoked. It doesn't count if somebody's like messing with a shark and gets bitten. That's on that's on them, right? These are unprovoked attacks. Uh, since 1749, if you count all these up, there are 76 attacks. Since 1749, you don't really have to worry about shark attacks in the book. I know it's happened. We've had a few in the last couple of years. But those are very, very, very rare, and uh, and fatalities. From what I could find, it's hard. It was hard to find this data, but from what I could find, there's been 15 fatalities in the Caribbean and Bahamas since 1900. 15. So, you know, don't be worried about. Sharks in the Bahamas. And now why is that? Because if you look at other parts of the United States and other parts of the world, South Africa, Australia, the shark attacks go up quite a bit. Not that much, but they do go up quite a bit. Why? Well, because one, human behavior. Two, shark behavior. Three, water visibility. So um, sharks that are in areas where shark attacks happen, they're bigger sharks that are eating bigger prey. So they're making mistakes. Why are they making mistakes? Because you're swimming in areas where their prey lives. The visibility is usually not as good. So they're making mistakes in that regard as well. So shark behavior, human behavior and, uh, and, and visibility. And a lot of times it's things like surfers that are getting attacked, spear fishermen. Um, If you're surfing, you look like a sea lion or a sea turtle. If you're spear fishing, you're basically swimming around with hot food for them. So, this doesn't mean that you're gonna get attacked. It's still unusual and unlikely, but it does increase your odds quite a bit.
1: Before you move on from this slide, yeah. I think there's something else you should talk about as uh. far as you know, sharks attacking people, but what about people killing sharks?
0: Right, so a much more serious statistic that we should be concerned about as humans is how many sharks are killed by humans every year. And that number, there was a study in 2013 that found that around 100 million sharks are killed by humans every year. Now, that is not a sustainable number. That is not even close to sustainable. And what happens when you fish unsustainably is you lose your species. And if you lose shark species, that is bad because sharks are apex predators. They play an important role in the food web. If we lose our sharks, other species start to fill in those gaps. That's happened in certain areas of the world. uh, And it causes problems with our fisheries. It causes problems with all kinds of stuff. So we need our sharks. They're important. They're so important. And of those 500 species of sharks that are out there, there are only a handful of sharks that ever attack humans. And of those handful of sharks, there are even fewer of those that do it with any regularity And even then, it's usually considered, almost always considered, uh, a mistake on the count of the shark. So got to help our sharks. All right. Now, I wanted to also have some strange and interesting sharks here just to highlight some cool stuff about sharks. So the smallest shark in the world is the dwarf lantern shark. These guys live, they've only been found in the very northern part of, of, well, it's in the, in the kind of the Caribbean right above Venezuela is where they've been found. And we don't know a lot about these sharks because they, they live so deep, like 1,400 feet underwater. But we think they max out at about eight inches long. That's about it. So that is probably the smallest shark in the world from what we know now. But we may find smaller ones. We may find they get bigger. There's a lot to be discovered still. And of course, the biggest shark in the ocean is the whale shark, and, uh, and whale sharks are really impressive. Charlie, I, I don't know if he's still on here, but we got to swim with whale sharks in Cancun. It was amazing. It was a brief excursion with a real long time to get there and get back. It was stormy weather. Doesn't matter. It was amazing, amazing experience. These animals average 48 feet in length as a big adult female. And the record is probably around 62 feet, but that's an outlier. They're normally in that 40-foot range. I think the ones that Charlie and I saw were uh, probably the biggest one was closer to 20, 25 feet. I don't know. Charlie's in the chat still, I think. I don't know if he thinks that, but that seems like about the size. I'd like to do it again in clearer water on a calmer day when I have more time to do it. So, but yeah, and I, know, I know someone
1: who will do it with you. I was going to say,
0: I know Kimbra is chomping at the bit for that one too. By the way, you can do excursions in Cozumel for, but it's got to be the right season. And also, there are whale shark excursions on the other coast if you go to Mexico. And there's probably ones in other parts of the world that I am not as familiar with. Next up, <laughs> you can't do a shark episode without talking about this thing, right? the megalodon 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 how big are they were they cuz were they let's say were they for right now let's
1: say were they
0: yeah so um i had to, i stole this image from the encyclopedia britannica <laughs> and i had to manipulate it a little bit because there's a lot of controversy about how big megalodon got the reality is all we really have are teeth so we can just do mathematical estimations on proportions and stuff to figure out how big they are. And most current science says that they probably got up to 50 feet long, which is what this image is, a 50 foot long megalodon. The the other little shark is a modern day great white in comparison. That's a big shark. This is like whale shark sized shark, right? There are people out there that think they got 60, 70 feet. I tend to I tend to err on the side of more conservative when it comes to scientific information until I am shown differently because I know people like to exaggerate. And uh, it's interesting and cool to think that there was a 70-foot megalodon, but it also is probably not that likely based on um, the most recent calculations made with the biggest megalodon teeth. 50 feet big enough. We don't have to make them bigger than that. <laughs> So are they still around? This is one of my pet peeves because there was that stupid fake documentary and then the movies came out mm-hmm. and they, they're they trying to sell you that Megalodon's still alive. The documentary even says it's a fake documentary. Like it admits that in the end. it's It was all a trick, intentional trick, but people believe it. So no, Megalodon's... They're not around anymore. I t- I'm telling you they're not. Can I say with 100% certainty? No, That's if I did, that wouldn't be a scientific answer. But I can tell you that I am as certain that they're not around as I am that T-Rexes aren't around. Why am I so sure? What, how do I know they're not living in some weird layer in the depths of the ocean? One, because that doesn't really exist like in the movie. But two, because of the type of shark this was, the type of teeth they had. We know that Megalodon ate big things, which means they were similar to our great whites. And there's nothing around today to sustain them. They're not feeding off whale populations. We would see evidence of these animals today. We see so much evidence of them from the past. We would still see evidence from them of them if they were around today. And by the way, Florida is one of the best places to find megalodon fossils one of the best places in the world. And you won't find them – well, you can find them in the water, but you're more likely to find them if you go inland in Florida because when these guys were around, which is kind of going back Ice Age and, and a little before there, um, maybe a little before there, I should say, Florida was underwater, so that's where their fossils are. They're inland. They're not – they're out there too, but they're more inland. Peace River is a good spot if you're interested in that. And then finally – the Greenland shark. What a strange shark this is! You maybe have heard me talk about this before.
1: We did it as a cruise creature. We
0: did. So if you heard that episode, some of this is going to be redundant. But if you're looking at this picture, uh, that string that looks like it's sticking out of this animal's eye, and if you're not, you can just just Google Greenland shark. You'll find this image. There's not that many pictures of Greenland sharks because they're they're not studied. They're studied pretty well, but they're they're just not as uh, commonly filmed and photographed, but that is basically a parasite that is in the eye of this animal. It's a, it's a copepod, and they they find these in almost every one of these, and they eat the eye out of these sharks. So these sharks are blind. So this is a shark that doesn't have good vision, and it doesn't matter because copepods eat their eyes. And you may think that's terrible, but these sharks live in an area uh, near Greenland and basically north area area of the of the world. Where the visibility where they live is is not very good. We think they're mostly scavengers. They get up to about 16 feet. But here's the crazy on these sharks. Of the 500 species of sharks, some of them live very short lifespans. Some of them live very long lifespans. It is estimated that the Greenland shark gets between 272 and 500 years of age. How do we know that? There's two Two things that we've done scientifically to try and figure this out. One, first thing is um, studies have been done uh, going way back into the early 1900s, where there was actually a scientist that was tagging these sharks and trying to hope that they got recaught so you could see how, how much they grew and figure out, well, if they grew this much in this many years and we know they get this big, how long does it take them? They grow really, really slow. Like we're talking centimeters or less a year. Then there's been more recent studies as well. And two, uh, we have taken a bunch of these sharks that were found as bycatch or, well, I think they're all bycatch because they didn't they didn't go out and kill these sharks for this, but they had to have dead sharks to do it. They take the lens of the eye. Now, the thing about the lens of an eye is that it's it forms when the animal is still kind of in an embryonic state. And it it never really gets replaced by cells, you know, like our skin's getting replaced all the time and stuff. It doesn't do that. So they can actually radiocarbon date the lens to try and figure out how old it is. Now radiocarbon dating is not an exact science. It gives you a range. And actually right now that science is being reevaluated a little bit and it may not be the range that we think it is, but it's probably pretty close. The range that it currently gives us is 272 to about 500 years of age for a bunch of these sharks that have been captured that are on the larger end. That's crazy. Yes. That's a really, that makes it the longest living vertebrate that we know of. Longer than tortoises, longer than everything. So even if it's on the, on the more conservative side of that, the 272, let's say that the science is a little off. And even if it was 200 years old, that's still pushing maximum age. So that's pretty crazy. Pretty cool. All right. Now, if you are in the chat, this is when you can ask us questions. If anybody has any sharp questions, we will try and answer those to the best of our ability. And um, and I don't know, can we go through and see if there's any I don't know if anybody asked I didn't any, see questions. any questions, no questions. All right, so we'll see if anybody has any questions, and um, and then we'll do actually, let's do this while we're waiting for questions to come up. We can go through our trivia questions. So, again.
1: before we go through that, there is one trivia question that you did not answer. Oh. during this, what was it? Um, well, when you were talking about the whale shark, you said that it's the biggest shark.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: The um, second biggest what's shark. What's the second biggest shark. Let's
0: see if anybody knows in our chat. does anybody know what the second largest shark species in the world is? Nothing uh, yet. Well, I mean there's a delay. so That's we', we talking to this it's a delay and then it comes back. We'll see if um we'll see if anybody if anybody can come up with the answer second largest shark and if you're listening out there and you're and you're banging on the your radio shout or, at uh, us yeah.
1: We won't
0: hear you, but do it. Mallory. Hey, I didn't even see Mallory in there. Yeah, she,
1: she got on right when we started.
0: Okay. Well, hello, Mallory and Andrew. And it is, in fact, the basking shark. Yes. Basking sharks do get rather large, and they are the second largest shark. Also a filter feeder, but unlike whale sharks that like the warm tropics, basking sharks like it cold. They're up north. As well and google a picture of basking shark if you're not sure what they look like because they are a funky looking shark Really weird looking sharks All right, Uh, we'll see if we get any questions, but we're going to go through our trivia here and we'll give you the answer So what is the second largest shark in the world the choices were great white shark colossal shark? Basking shark or whale shark? Well, we just gave you the answer to that one And of course it is the basking shark
1: Right, and approximately how many sharks are killed by humans each year?
0: We just went over this one too, right? So is it 10,000? I'll let you do this.
1: 100,000? 1 million? Or 100 million?
0: And the correct answer is?
1: 100 million.
0: Wow, that's crazy, right? 100 million. That's insane. Unbelievable. we got to take care. It's just Earth Day. we got to take care of the planet. Not for the planet, but for us. This species, we need to take care of the planet. Anyway, enough of that. What are baby sharks called? Are they called? Pups? Are they called?
1: Doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doos.
0: <laughs> are they called?
1: Fry. Or are they called kits?
0: And of course they're called
1: They're called pups.
0: Puppy shark. And uh sharks are most closely related to which animal? Is it the killer whale? Is it the Komodo dragon? Is it the southern st- southern southern stingray i was trying to do a southern bell and i was just doing like southern drawl southern drawl is it a southern stingray a
1: southern stingray. i can't I, yeah
0: it's the best i got is it the red bellied piranha piranha and it is of course the
1: southern stingray
0: southern stingray for 10 bob i don't know who bob is but southern stingray is the answer
1: what are bull sharks able to do that most other sharks cannot
0: is it digest human flesh No. Is it survive in fresh... (laughs) Sorry. I
1: was like, why aren't you making the next one show
0: up? (laughs) All sharks, to my knowledge, can digest human flesh. They just don't. Uh, Is it survive in fresh water? Is it regenerate their teeth? Is it breathe air? It is
1: survive in fresh water.
0: There you go. There you go. Uh, Now, believe it or not, some sharks, like our sand tiger sharks, will gulp air to help with buoyancy. But, um, yeah. Crazy. Approximately how many species of sharks
1: exist in the
0: world today, Canberra? Is it?
1: 175. Is it? 350?
0: Is it? 500? Is it? 625? 500. I would name 500 sharks and. Okay. Um, The organ. that helps sharks maintain neutral buoyancy is the liver, swim bladder, water wings, or lungs.
1: And it is... Liver let die. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> Which sense allows sharks to detect things the furthest away?
0: Is it their sense of direction? No. No. Is it vision, <laughs> taste, smell, or hearing?
1: What was that? Huh? Hearing. What? What? Hearing. And the answer is? It's It's hearing. Ha.
0: <laughs> That's the one that, that uh, may throw you off a little bit there. Sharks use this unique sensory organ to detect electrical fields.
1: Siri was going to start talking. <laughs> Is it the
0: lateral line? Oh, we spelled that wrong. There's not supposed to be an L there. <laughs> is it the ampule of Lorenzini? Disregard the L.
1: What?
0: It's ampule of Lorenzini. Lampule of Lorenzini. <laughs> lampule of Lorenzini is what you turn a light on with or something. <laughs> is it the Botticelli of for those For my Renaissance fans out there, I love Botticelli. And, of course, anyway... Uh, and, or is it a stud finder?
1: I can't believe we didn't catch that.
0: <laughs> it's the ampule of Lorenzini.
1: Unless you turn on the lights.
0: I, I wonder if we messed it up in the first one, We too.
1: did, because it a copy.
0: Great. Great. All right. Which of these sharks are you least likely to find in the Caribbean? The nurse shark, the whale shark, the great white shark, or the hammerhead shark? Kimber, which one is it?
1: It's the great white shark.
0: That's great and correct. And then what is the purpose of countershading? Is it artistic expression? Impressing a mate? Camouflage? Or warning colors?
1: And the answer is?
0: Camouflage.
1: Camouflage must be
0: a French word. Camouflage.
1: How can you tell if a shark is a male or a female? Males have balls.
0: I always make sure you read that answer.
1: Males have claspers. Females have longer eyelashes. And females are smaller.
0: Mm. It's the claspers.
1: It's the claspers. It takes
0: two, baby.
1: Me and you.
0: Clasper one, clasper two.
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness.
0: (laughs) Oh, go ahead and read this one.
1: Approximately how many shark attacks have occurred in the Bahamas and Caribbean since 1749? Is it 76, 267, 794, or 3,489?
0: And that would be 76.
1: A measly 76.
0: What we didn't tell you is before 1749, there were thousands of shark attacks. No, no there not.
1: weren't.
0: <laughs> they just weren't recorded. <laughs> what are shark skeletons made of? Bone? They don't have skeletons. Adamantium? Or cartilage?
1: It's cartilage.
0: That's Everybody knows that, right? I don't know. Does everybody know that? Does everybody know? I think everybody knows. They they do now. What shark is known to live the longest? It is known. known. Game of of Thrones Mm -hmm. going on there. It is known. Is it the whale shark? The goblin shark? The Greenland shark? Or the grandpa shark? It's, of course, that ancient Greenland shark. Oh, and that's the end of the PowerPoint. Let's see. Oh. I'm going to bring that out. Bloop. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's – I don't think we got any questions. We, in. Oh, we got we one. We did.
1: So, so this is what I'm thinking. Since we are over our hour, let's go ahead and roll the credits. And then, at the end
0: – We can take questions.
1: We can do the answer the questions. How does that sound? That sounds great. Okay. So, on that note – it's time to head for the horizon. And until next time, seize the day.
0: Have a fantastic week, everybody. All right, we're, we're back. We're back. Do you want me hey, to
1: try and switch it now? Yeah, we're going to
0: try and switch back to the other camera since we're <laughs> in the after show. And um, this is a little after show. So, uh, look, thank you for for hanging nope. out. Nope, it says no.
1: I wonder. Computer oh, there says, it is. Nope, there it is. It was there. Are we blurry, though?
0: We shouldn't be. That should have stayed the same. Here, I'll take this one out.
1: I got you. Oh, you got it. No, look at that. We're blurry.
0: are we? Here, let me just make a quick fine tune adjustment here how about that we look great (laughs) well you look great
1: oh thanks okay so we got we we got got shark questions we got two questions you've got questions we've
0: got answers
1: so the first one is from mike or the whole family lovey the
0: love laces
1: yes um says tell us more about nurse sharks
0: oh Uh, well, they're not called nursing sharks. That's another thing I hear all the time. Oh, recording. that drives me crazy, right? Doesn't it? It's like it's like gardener snake. There's no such thing as a gardener snake. There's a garter snake. Anyway, nurse sharks are. They're really cool sharks. They, if you read books that tell you how big they get, some of them will say they get like twenty feet long, but that's not real reality. Nurse sharks usually average about six to eight feet and occasionally you might get a like a 10 footer or something like that maybe a 12 foot record setter there's some weird records that are probably not accurate that messes up a lot of information when you're looking up stuff on nurse sharks but they are they got they're in the cat shark group and they got the name nurse shark well there's we don't really know for sure why there there are a couple uh theories about it if i can remember off the top of my head one of them is because they will they will go up to like little openings in the coral and they'll <laughs> like suck out lobsters and stuff like, like a, they're nursing. Uh, but another one has to do with the, um uh, like an old language for the word nurse,
1: yeah, which we, means
0: cat shark.
1: We actually did nurse shark as one of our cruise creatures.
0: We did. We did. Uh, I think nurse sharks are really cool because they, if you look at them up close, they do have this like, Speckled, spotted look to them, and they just have—they have really beautiful like skin texture and stuff. It's really impressive looking sharks. And here's an interesting statistic about nurse sharks: if you were looking at shark attacks from those that were provoked, <laughs> nurse sharks are probably the most common sharks. To oh wow, Ian just gave us twenty bucks. Oh wow! Thank you so much, Ian. Um, Nurse sharks are probably responsible for more bites than any other shark species, at least in the United States, and Florida, like the Caribbean, Bahamas, because people think they're harmless and they mess with them and they grab them and they get bitten, which, you know what, you deserve it. But but if you don't bother a nurse shark, then they're not going to bother you at all. They're really um, not a dangerous shark at all, but really cool sharks.
1: Cool. And then, um, we've got one more question that popped up. Okay. It is from Dan. I'll let you read that one.
0: It says Ben Le- Lecomte, Lecomte, who swam across the Atlantic ocean had his accompanying boat emit electromagnetic fields to ward off sharks. Why would that work? So Dan, that's a great question. I'm glad you brought this up. So, um, uh, Sharks pick up low level electrical fields So that means that's like Imagine imagine a person who has a really good sense of hearing Okay, so that sense, really good sense of hearing is great If somebody's whispering If you're listening for faint noises in the background If somebody comes and starts blaring sound at you That sensitive sense of hearing is going to be a real negative And so for sharks, if you project like high electrical fields oh it's, wow it's going to it's going to push oh thank you Mike um, it's going to push away and I should say the Lovelace family not just Mike yes uh, it's gonna push away the sharks it's gonna kind of they're gonna they're gonna go away from it it's like when I hear the loud stereo in the parking lot I'm not going towards that noise unless it's playing my music, which it's probably not, I'm going to go the other way. So it's the same kind of thing. Uh, another interesting thing, since you asked that question, when you watch a lot of the documentaries, especially the older documentaries on sharks, and they would lure them up to the boat and uh, the cages and stuff, and you used to always see the great white sharks like biting the ladder and biting the cage. Well, it's not that those sharks are super aggressive and they're trying to bite the boat and the diver, We think what's happening is those sharks are getting close to the metal, and metal has an electrical field. It's confusing the shark, and it's almost like a um, like a reflexive thing where they would just bite into it or something like that. So that's that's one of the theories I've heard about that, which makes sense because they're and and to prove this, um, Cousteau's did a, a great great white shark study years ago, probably like the early probably the um, early 1990s, and um, they—they, I think they're the first ones to do this. I've seen other people do it, though. Instead of doing a metal cage, they did an acrylic tube, and they wanted to study the great whites in a way that they didn't interfere with them as much. They wanted the sharks to have better visibility of them, and they wanted to not throw them off with the electrical fields, and they got totally different reactions from these sharks. They weren't Like chum in the water to bring them over They didn't have the metal And the sharks were curious They came up and like There was some really cool video And photos of the sharks Just kind of like hovering with them Like checking them out But it was not aggressive at all Really interesting research That's been done in that regard So um, there may be more recent stuff That I'm not aware of Because I read that Cousteau book Probably in around 1993 or so When I was reading about that But, But that could be part of it
1: all right, Mallory wants to know top three favorite sharks.
0: Oh, what are your top three favorite sharks? Do you know?
1: Oh, it's hard. Um, So I want to choose more than three, but I guess <laughs> three is my option. So the thresher shark.
0: Okay. That was um, a, that. If you're the painting in the beginning that I had, it's a thresher shark. Was it?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. Um, <sighs> Can I choose four?
0: I don't know. You has to ask Mallory.
1: Can I choose four, Mallory? Hey, Tony. Tony Dallas is here. Yeah, I know. We haven't gotten there because you keep talking. I didn't know he was in. I just hadn't <laughs> seen him. Can I choose four? You can okay. cho- yeah. so, so choose four. So here's um, the hammerhead. Okay. And then the other two I have to pick because they are the only sharks that I've seen while diving. Okay. The nurse shark and the Caribbean reef shark. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I ha- I have to choose them. So I like the other two, but I have to choose the other ones.
0: My, my top three, well, definitely Caribbean reef sharks and hammerheads. Any hammerhead species, but I'd really like to see like a scalloped or a great hammerhead. Those are my top two, hands down. When it gets into three, it gets a little trickier for me. I really like whale sharks, but... I think Greenland sharks are really cool. I like poor beagle sharks, um, Mako sharks. I think are are really cool. I would say though, probably my number three. Oh man!
1: I Mallory mean, said you can choose four.
0: Okay, I like blue sharks a lot. I love blue oh, sharks. blue
1: Sharks are cool, and
0: the other ones I really like a lot are Oceanic white tips. Really cool looking sharks.
1: So, uh, Mike wants to know. Does tell them why they're our favorite? Hmm. Um so thresher sharks that's I can hear that on there. Can you turn that off? I can Sorry, I just don't want it to like bounce you want back. You to just turn it. Off it's up movie. to you. Um thresher sharks are really cool because like they have a really long tail that they like whip around and stuff.
0: Yeah, they whip it through schools of fish.
1: Yeah, like it's super cool. Um hammerheads are cool because I mean it's a hammerhead. What what more do I really need to say about that? And then I already I already nailed it. Ex- I already explained the other two. They're the only two I've seen diving, so I have to put them on my list.
0: So I like Caribbean reef sharks because uh, I think they're beautiful sharks, and I tend to often like things that I can encounter. Uh, exception being the gharial, but um, not that I don't like other animals. But I just I it's like it's a Shark that's within reach <laughs> that I can see and have seen, and so and I think they're beautiful. Um, the hammerhead shark is my favorite because um, I think they're really unique, and I like strange, unique animals. But also, when I was a little kid, we came to Florida. My grandpa was fishing off the beach, caught a bonnethead shark. I we thought it was a hammer. We thought it was a baby hammerhead shark. We were those people, and um, I got to hold it. Sadly, we killed the shark. <laughs> Because we took it back, put it in the hotel bathtub, and it's terrible looking back at it. But at the time, it was a great experience for me because it just really hooked me on sharks. I mean, I already liked sharks a lot at that point, to be fair. But uh, but that shark was so cool and so different that that pretty much did it for me with hammerhead sharks and just seeing like the big migrations of thousands of hammerhead sharks. And I love Ampuglia of Lorenzini, and they've got all the they got the whole like full layout there. And then the oceanic white tips, I just think they're really pretty sharks. And same with the blue sharks. I think they're really neat looking and just beautiful, just real. Blue sharks are so, like, disgraceful looking, I think. And uh, oceanic white tips are just, I don't know, they're just cool looking.
1: So the next two questions kind of go together. So I'm going to read them at the same time. Okay. So Tony says, Matt, why do you love Shark Week so much? And... (laughs) Uh, Mike says, "I enjoy your review of Shark Week. Let me try and read again. <laughs> I enjoyed your re- review of Shark Week a year or two ago. Are you considering this again?"
0: So yeah, so we I we did this um, we did it once, right? We did it last year, and then I actually did this with the Cruise Geeks too, but I don't think that episode's out there anymore. But um, we will probably do it again. Um, I Tony is. J- jabbing me a little bit because he knows how I feel about Shark Week. Yeah. I am not a fan in general of Shark Week. I think that a lot of documentaries that are on some of those big cable networks are often giving you misinformation, exaggerated information. They're they're more they're more like reality shows than actual science. Um, there are exceptions to be sure. But give me a Nova, give me a PBS, give me a BBC documentary any day over those, and I will probably be happier. Uh, and so Shark Week started out as, oh, we're going to – it started out, I think, as just like Shark Week. And then they've been like, well, we're going to – we're trying to push conservation. The reality is they're more about exploitation of sharks, and they're more about shock and awe of sharks – I feel like people watch those and they come away more frightened of sharks, even though sometimes they'll try and spin it like they're trying to curb people's fear. But they're doing it in a way that's just to me seems like it's not that legitimate of a try. They're really trying. It's like clickbait documentaries, <laughs> um, and so I just don't. I just don't like that. Sharks have enough of a bad reputation. They don't need any help. Um, Bring them in with the clickbait, fine. But then get them there and tell them, really teach them about sharks. There are occasionally documentaries in Shark Week that have good information and good conservation about sharks. What they don't do is they don't tell you what you can do to make a difference. They don't tell you why you should care about sharks so much. They don't do a very good job. Of it. I won't say they don't do any of that. They could do a much, much better job of that. And we didn't focus on any of that in this episode. I didn't want it to be... Um, I didn't want it to be a big conservation episode, but I do think that is, is sure conservation is super important. So, uh, I just didn't want to harp on it. I don't like to preach that stuff. My philosophy is make people interested in animals like sharks and crocodiles and snakes because they're cool and interesting. And then they'll have that love and passion and the conservation will just, come naturally. That's the way I see that stuff, because that's the path that I took. I read the books when I was a kid called Dangerous Sea Creatures and Deadly Sea Animals. And and I read these books over and over and over again. And it was about sharks and piranhas and barracuda and all these things. And as I got older, I started really understanding the science. Most of the stuff in those books was garbage. It was exaggeration. It was lies. It was nonsense. But that is what hooked me as a kid, but what kept me hooked and maybe made me more interested is learning the actual real interesting stuff about sharks. And I find that much more fascinating now than, you know, a shark eating a person or something like that. That's just kind of stupid. But, um, but you know, I, I also have a sense of humor, so I can joke around with that stuff, too. So anyway. Well,
1: cool. um, Stacy says, do sharks avoid dolphins? If so, why? Um, So there's a lot of
0: media about sharks and dolphins and dolphins protecting people from sharks and stuff. And I think there are actual cases where that is a thing that's, that has happened, but I don't think it's the normal thing that happens. Anybody that works with dolphins will tell you that dolphins are not necessarily the nicest animals in the world. And usually if they are being nice to you, it's because they, they find you as maybe viable to be their next mate. And uh, and they don't care if you're consenting or not. But uh, but sharks and dolphins. I mean, dolphins usually are going to be more formidable to the shark than the sharks are. They're smarter and they're able to get away from sharks. They're able to kill sharks. Um, so typically, sharks are not going to mess with dolphins. They're not normally a prey item for sharks. There are exceptions if there's an injured dolphin or something like that. Uh, interestingly. Orcas, which are technically dolphins, are eating great whites now. So, and that's just due to population dynamics and stuff. We think, but, um, but yeah. So, so they're going to avoid orcas because orcas will straight up eat great whites. So that's kind of an interesting thing that's been happening more frequently in the last, I don't know, decade or so. Some interesting, interesting research going on on that.
1: Cool. That's it for our questions.
0: Okay. Well, let's go ahead and and wrap up the, um, the audio portion of this podcast. Thank you guys for tuning into the podcast. We'll say goodnight.